Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. Praise the Lord. You know, the older you get, uh, the more you lose the guards that you put up to hide the real you. And some, as you get older, that's either a good thing or a bad thing. You know, if you ever got, you know, you you uh, remember somebody all through their life and they were just as sweet as could be. And then as they get in the, in the, uh, sunset of their lives. Yeah, where, where'd that person come from? Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Um, you know, the other day, Melody and I were looking for a paper that I needed, and uh, I rolled my eyes. Do you know what that means when you roll your eyes? She says, don't roll your eyes at me. I said, I wasn't rolling my eyes at you. And that was the truth. Thank you, Jesus. Well, the reason I said that is because, you know, God is standing before you and and saying, this is me. This is me. This is what I'm really like. And the reason he's doing that is because if you have the wrong perception of him, your believing is wrong. And Jesus Jesus said to people that came to him, he says, according to your faith, so be it. You are healed according to your faith. Now, if your faith is wrong, let me just say this. Uh, Let me just define faith in in the truest sense, is just trusting God. Trusting God. What are you trusting? Anyway, I just have some a few lines I want to read. From the very beginning, God wanted a relationship with each and every person. You know, he still wants a relationship with each and every person. He wants a relationship with all of us. Like Pastor Joel said the week before, uh, and if you read the Bible, you'll notice that God speaks to a whole, not just individuals. But he also loves you. God so loved the world, but also God so loved Stephen. God so loved Donna. God so loved Jim. You know, whoever you are, God so loved you as individuals, but he also loves the whole. He speaks to us as individuals, but he also speaks to us as a whole. You know, do you know the real relationship comes from knowing the real person and not how others portray him? For us to have a real relationship with God, we've got to know the real God. 
You know, some, uh, some have made him out to be such a, an, authority, an authoritarian that if you make one wrong move, you get the heavenly ball bat that comes down and strikes you. But then you have the other extreme, well, you know, it's okay. You want to do that? It's okay. I love the, I don't love it, this, that's a sarcastic remark, but um, people say, well, he understands. That's when you know you're doing wrong, but uh, you want to justify it, so you say, he understands. Do we have a real, do we have a real idea? God stands before us and says, this is who I am. And that's the God that we can have a real relationship with. Hallelujah. We see in chapter 2 of Genesis that the Father God did everything he could to possibly provide for man. Chapter 2 of Genesis. If you read Genesis in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's first thing. You know, he, he got it all ready before... He put man on the earth. You know, I personally believe that God has things for you, and you might not see the provision, but God already has it provided before you get there. It's already available, but you say, well, I don't see it. I've looked for keys with them in my hand. I've looked for glasses while I'm wearing them. You know, just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not there. God makes provision for us before we even get to it. It's already there. It's already prepared. Just the way he did when he created the earth, he had everything prepared before man got here. Man did not have to have an oxygen tank when he got here, because the oxygen was already there. So whatever you need and, God, and the mission that God put you in and the place he's taken you, it's already prepared before you get there. That's the kind of God we want to have a relationship. That's the kind of God we need to see so that we can have a loving relationship with him. We also know that in Genesis chapter 3, the serpent came to Eve and Adam and portrayed the Father God falsely. He portrayed the Father God falsely, and if we listen to the lies, we hear a false perception of him. False perception. You know, it's been said so many times, it's almost worn out, but a lot of times we get our image of the Father from our earthly father. Well, you know, even if you had a good father, a wonderful father, he wasn't as good as the real one. He's never as good as the real one. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. What you believe about the Father God will determine how much you receive of his love. 
It is the truth that sets you free. But the reality is, as the scripture tells us in, in the New Testament, there, there are doctrines of devils or doctrines of human perception. Well, a lot of people say, well, I don't believe in God. I'm an atheist. Well, you... Everybody believes in God. He used to say there's no atheist in foxholes. <laughs> when the bombs are coming, you know, they say, well, we've gotten prayer out of school. You didn't get prayer out of school. Every time there's a test, there's somebody praying. <laughs> Lord, help me. <laughs> Did you study? Lord, help me. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Give him something to work with. Is that why I don't believe in God? I'm an atheist. You believe in a God. You've replaced the heavenly father with yourself. You worship something. You know, I never was really a big Bob Dylan fan, but uh, they say he became a Christian, not, you know. But he did write a song that said, you've got to serve somebody. It may be the devil, and it may be the Lord, but you got to serve somebody. And the reality is, if you worship yourself, you're worshiping the enemy. You're worshiping Satan. Because he's gotten you to get your eyes off of the true heavenly father who wants to love you and provide for you and to bring you to a place to where you reflect him. The more you see him, the more you become like him. The more you see him, the more you become like him. The problem is, is a lot of times we're looking at so many different things. And even, you know, uh, sometimes if you just even listen to Christian things. I remember listening to a Christian radio station. By the end of the day, I was so confused. <laughs> because there was so many different opinions on God. What he did, what he didn't do. But you need, your, you need yourself to have a real revelation or an illumination. You need, to know, you need to know the truth of the Heavenly Father. Thank you, Jesus. Because Adam and Eve believed the lies of the serpent, they hid themselves when the Father God came around. You know what? God, a lot of times we're saying, oh God, reveal yourself to me, reveal yourself to me, reveal yourself to me, and we're still in hiding. We're still in hiding. We're still protecting ourselves. We're still, we uh, still have the fig leaves covering ourselves. We hear his voice and we're afraid. Thank you, Jesus. You know, the Father God is coming around. As a matter of fact, he's already around. He will never leave you nor forsake you. You know, the theological term was uh, omnipresent. He's here. 
I want him just to be more than just here. I want him to be manifested. More Holy Spirit. More Holy Spirit. More Father God. More of your love. More Holy Spirit. I'm praying. Actually, I'm praying right now. I want more Holy Spirit. I don't want to just... I don't want to just try to impress with my own ability. I want you, Holy Spirit, because I can't change a heart, Holy Spirit, but you and your word, Holy Spirit, can change more, Holy Spirit, more of your anointing, more of your power, more of your healing anointing, more of your deliverance anointing, more anointing to break the yoke, more anointing to break off the lies of the enemy so that people can receive the truth. You know, if you hear something over and over and over again that's false, when the truth comes along, you can't accept the truth because you believe the lie. You know, I was hearing all these beautiful words and uh, the songs that came forth and the words that came forth about God pouring out his love upon us. And then the thought came to me, we can cork that so that we don't receive it when when we hold animosity or unforgiveness against someone else. So I'm just there saying, I forgive, I forgive, I forgive, I forgive, I forgive. I don't want anything to hinder the love of God to flow to me and to flow through me. Have you, is there anybody, is there anybody you've never forgiven? You know what, if you just start saying, I forgive, I forgive, you know, the Holy Spirit will bring it up. He will bring all things to your remembrance. Oh, I don't want to remember it. You don't have to remember it. Yeah, but they, you know, they haven't changed. They haven't asked my forgiveness. They may never ask, they may never ask your forgiveness. But do you want to tie them to you? You want to cork the love of God so that you can't receive it? Have you ever, (laughs) you know, this has happened to me, by the way. That's why I can say it. Everybody else, you know, Melody would. We'd be riding home, riding home from church, and she'd say, oh, wasn't the presence of God so strong? Oh, wasn't it so great? I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I didn't feel nothing. <laughs> I didn't sense nothing. Hallelujah. But I forgive, I forgive. You know what? When you, when you take the cork out, it's amazing what you can sense, what you can feel, what you can experience because you've, you've opened yourself up to the love of God. The love of God, I was even thinking about it this morning, uh, at, you know, during the worship. We're talking about his love. The Bible says that even while we were enemies, Christ died for us. So he doesn't just love the good, he loves the bad. Hallelujah. Anybody uh, can relate? Oh, praise the Lord. You know, I can really relate to amazing grace. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. 
I don't have time to go into all my wretchedness. But he saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. You can get rid of your blinders by start forgiving. Says, well, I pastor, I've forgiven everybody. (laughs) You You can always tell. I forgive, I forgive, I forgive. You know, I tell people uh, before, I said, you know what? Have you ever, you know, have you ever noticed your refrigerator is right up against a, a wall or a, you know, and you can't see back there, but have you ever pulled out a refrigerator or a stove? Kind of dirty back there, isn't it? Well, you know, sometimes there's a little bit of a crack in between the, in between that wall and the refrigerator, the stove, and um, I tell people, you know, even though you can't see the dirt, it doesn't hurt to sweep it anyway. Get that broom out there. I forgive, I forgive, I forgive. Hallelujah. Well, I don't know if it, I forgive everybody. I'm just trying to help you. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. So, let me just say that again. What you believe about the Father God will determine how much you receive of his love. What we believe about the Father will either draw us close to him or cause us to keep our distance. Either draws close to what you believe. What you believe about the Father God will either draw you close to him or cause you to keep your distance. One of the most repeated phrases in the Bible is fear not. Fear not. Some have said over 365 times, that's one for every day of the year, probably includes leap year. Fear not. You know that why did they have why did God say that? Because every time God showed up in the New Testament and even a lot of times uh, or the Old Testament and in the New Testament people would fall down in fear. And God would say fear not. Fear not. Father God would send his prophets to give his message and to reveal himself, but most of the time they rejected God's message. They rejected God's message. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I'd like for you to turn to John chapter 1 in the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Actually, I I had decided, you know, I'm going to just preach through a book of the Bible. But I figure by the time I get through it, we'll be halfway through the millennium. (laughs) And and that's not even going in depth. But I started, uh, I already started with uh, John chapter 1, but I, I didn't get that far. But let me just read 
The scripture says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him, nothing And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. I want to point that out because I want to talk about that a little bit later. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it or could not overpower it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light capital L, that all men through him might believe. And let me just say this, if you read the end of the book of John here, you will find the purpose of the book of John is to get you to believe. He said, well, I already believe. Do you believe? You know, there's more to just believing that Jesus died on the cross and rose again from the dead. There's more to believe. But he said, I, this whole book is about read, is about believing who Jesus is. And when you read this book, he's saying, this is me. God is saying, this is me. This is the real me. This is the real me. You know, it's one thing to send a prophet, and that's, you know, God sent prophets to give his message, but they didn't believe him. You know, they killed the prophets. They killed God, too. God let him. Thank you, Jesus. He said, but let's just start in verse 7 again. He says, the same came to bear witness uh, of the light that all men through him might believe. He, John, was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light, meaning Jesus. That was, that was the true light which lights every man which comes into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own did not receive him. So in other words, God puts on flesh and shows up with all his love, with all his mercy, and he's rejected. That's why the scripture says in Romans, it says, he says, uh, he says that he even died for his enemies. Thank you, Jesus. He goes on to say, he says, he came unto his own and his own did not receive him, but as many as received him to them, he gave power or authority or the right to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his Name, even to them that believe on it. What does it take for me to receive eternal life? Let me ask you a question. How many here have eternal life? I'm looking. Do you have it now? Yeah, you have it now? My grandfather used to say, well, you're not going to know until you get there. I say, you ain't going to know. If you ain't known, if you don't know now, you might not get there. Well, he says in 1 John, these things I write unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know now that you have eternal life. 
But he goes on to say, well, let me read verse 12 again. But he says, but as many as received him to them, he gave the power to become the sons of God, even to those who believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. In other words, God chose you to, re to become sons of God if you will believe. Hallelujah. There's an old song we used to sing. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. See, there's one thing to say, well, I trust God, but do we follow God? Just a thought. And then here's the, here's the word here. Verse 14, it says, And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. How many of you are happy for his grace? Well, grace, is, uh, grace has a partner. Grace and truth. See, if I, if I believe falsely, if I don't believe rightly, then, it's, then I'm not going to receive the grace. Besides, the grace is, you know, we get grace and mercy confused. Grace is not, well, God forgives me. Grace is the empowerment to live the life that God's called us to live. You are empowered. He says, well, I can't forgive that person. Then start calling on God's grace because it's the grace that empowers you to forgive. I just can't forgive. Oh, there's a, you. With, don't you believe the word that says all, with, with God all things are possible? Well, then start believing you can forgive. I don't know why I'm on forgiveness, on forgiveness today. Can I forgive? Sure you can. One of the best, one of the easiest ways to start forgiving people is realize how you've offended people. Have you ever offended anybody? I was going to stand up, stand up here in the beginning, but I thought, no, I'm not going to do it. But since it came to mind, have I offended anybody? Raise your hand. I know I offended you, but that you don't count. <laughs> That's a political joke. <laughs> Anybody? Believe me, over the years, I've offended people. I have offended people. But the reality is, is when I start, when I start remembering me, remember Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. That's when it starts, that's when it gets a lot easier for me to start forgiving other people. Makes it so much easier. Thank you, Lord. Well, God revealed himself in the flesh. Why did he do that? Because he didn't want anybody else to speak for him. When Jesus came, he said, this is me. 
God said, this is me. This is what I'm really like. This is what I'm really like. Can we say that? Can we say that? You know, it's just, I even hate to ask people how they're doing at church. How you doing? Oh, it's great. And then you find out later they're getting a divorce, uh, you know. Oh, but they're great. How you doing? Oh, it's all good. It's all good in the neighborhood. Then you hear. It's not that great. You know, here you don't have to fake it to make it. You can be honest. You can be real. You know, sometimes if you get too real and my eyes get glassy, you know. <laughs> As I praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, we've got, uh, we've got to make a grace shift. Have you, ever read the, have you ever read the Psalms? David's complaining of complaining and complaining. God, kill him. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden he starts, he makes a shift and he just starts praising the Lord. That's what I call a grace shift. That's what a lot of us need to do. We, after we've uh, let off the steam, we need to shift over and start worshiping and praising God. Thank you, Jesus. Well, did you notice Jesus, the scripture said about Jesus, he was full of grace and truth. He's full of grace and truth. Grace and truth, again, are a pair, and they are incomplete without the other. But the scripture also goes on to say, of his fullness, we have all received. Of his fullness. You know, I've been, people have said, uh, said to me, you're full of it. Well, I thank him because I'm full of grace and truth. I am filled with grace and truth. See, the whole reason Je Jesus didn't just come to forgive you and take you to heaven. Jesus came to change you, to transform you, to make you like him, and he gives you grace and truth so that you can come to that place. Thank you, Lord. You say, you know, um, I, I remember when we, uh, we would say that we were the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Of course, you have to remember this was like back in the 70s. And back in the 70s, man, if you said you were righteous, oh, my God, it was like, oh, you're being proud. You're being boastful. But I'm not righteous because of what I did. I'm righteous because of what God has done. As a matter of fact, it is pride. It is pride to deny what God says about you and give yourself another label. If God says you have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and you go around and say, I'm no good, the Carly Simon, I don't know, maybe it was Carly Simon,
was pointing the finger, you're no good, you're no good. But a lot of times uh, Christians even say, I'm no good, I'm no good, I'm no good, baby, I'm no good. Gonna say it again, I'm no good, I'm no good, I'm no good, baby, I'm no good. (laughs) You thought I'd lost it, didn't you? (laughs) No, no, God says you have been made the righteousness of God in him. As I stay in him, I am being transformed into his very image. Thank you, Lord. So of his fullness, we have all received. He was full of grace and truth. Are you going to believe your truth or his truth? Believe his truth. Thank you, Jesus. Well, (laughs) praise the Lord. This is my wrapping up time, and I just got to the beginning. (laughs) Let me just, uh, well, this kind of goes along. Jesus was, Jesus is revealing God. Jesus said to Philip, he said, Philip, you've been so long with me. He who has seen me has seen the Father. All through the scripture, we see Jesus was moved with compassion. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to identify with someone's suffering. The Greek word is uh, L-E-O. It means to have mercy. It means to show kindness by assistance. To show kindness by assistance. God just doesn't feel sorry for you. He's doing something about it. Hallelujah. Look in the mirror and... (laughs) and say, he's doing something about it. He's doing something about it. Why? Because he is moved with compassion. In closing, I want to read four scriptures, four scripture passages. Matthew 9, 35, Jesus went about all villages teaching teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing every sickness and disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered as sheep without no shepherd. Then then he saith unto his disciples, The harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he may send forth laborers into the harvest. I think that that, I think we are afraid to pray that prayer. Because when we pray, Lord, send laborers in the harvest, he's going to say, okay, go. He's going to say to you, okay, you joined up, go. Teaching, preaching, healing, having compassion, having compassion. You know, the first thing people have got to see in us is that we have compassion on them. You know, we're not here to get a score, put a notch on our belt. Oh, we got somebody saved. Let's put a notch on her. No, we are here to show the compassion and love of Jesus. Lord, I forgive, I forgive, I forgive. 
If you can't forgive, you can't show compassion. I've, if, if you get nothing else, go home, I forgive. I forgive, I forgive, I forgive. I don't know why I'm doing it. Oh, believe me, it'll come up. Thank you, Jesus. Matthew 14, 14, Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion for them, and he healed their sick. I want you to note that in the Old Testament, Father God revealed himself through redemptive names, and one of the redemptive names is Jehovah Rapha. What is Jehovah Rapha? The Lord that healeth thee. The Lord that healeth thee. He has also commissioned us to bring healing to the multitudes. Well, say, Pastor, I pray for people and I've never seen anybody get well. I prayed for people and they died, but I didn't quit because I made a, I made a vow to God. God, I don't care. I'm just going to preach your word. And then eventually, I saw a guy with emphysema get healed. He couldn't breathe. And God told me to tell him, take 10 deep breaths. Breaths. Like that kind of breath. And by the time he got to the 10th, he could take a big, deep breath. And it was Portuguese. He was speaking Portuguese. All I could tell was he was a happy guy. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Also, do you know that Jesus cares when you're hungry? That's why Joel, uh, instead of us going past 12, he wants us out at 11 because he doesn't want you to get hungry. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Matthew chapter uh, 15, verse 32, it says, Then Jesus called his disciples and said unto them, I have compassion on the multitude because they continue with me three days and have nothing to eat. Of course, you have to wait three days before Jesus has compassion on you, but uh, <laughs> they've had nothing to eat. I will, now send, I will not send them away fasting but Jesus had compassion on the hungry. Thank you, Jesus. And then in Matthew chapter 18, verse 26, then Jesus therefore, no, then the servant therefore fell down and worshiped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me and I will pay thee all. This is a parable Jesus is talking about where a man owed his master money, but he couldn't pay it back. It was like equivalent of millions of dollars. He couldn't pay it back. So he fell down and say, have patience with me and I will pay you all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him from his debt. It was an unpayable debt. Do you know every person in this room has an unpayable debt? but we call on God. Thank you, Lord. Can I tell you a story? Okay. This was actually told to me when I graduated from Bible school by T.L. Osborne. He told a story, he said, there was a statue in Europe of Christ 
that during a bombing during World War II had its hands and its feet blown off. And the people of the, and the, people of the town were so dismayed because their statue of Christ was damaged. And someone came along and saw that and wrote a little simple note and laid it down and eventually they made a plaque out of it. The note said this, you are my hands and you are my feet. You are my hands and you are my feet. Jesus came to reveal God in the flesh. You are his hands and you are his feet. You are his flesh. I didn't have time to read it, but the scripture says that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. I'm just full of lies today. All that was for the believers. For those of you that haven't believed yet, the scripture says this. It says, if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my father. If you confess me before men, I will confess you before my father. What are, we are to, what are we to confess? Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus is God. The scripture says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. If you confess with your mouth. I, I was witnessing to a guy one time, and, he, and I told him he was of a certain denomination, and he said, he said, that's too simple. That's too simple. He was, he was raised in a denomination of works. The scripture says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. And when you do that, of his fullness, we have all received grace for grace, empowerment for empowerment. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. Lord God, that you've poured out your grace upon us. You've poured out your truth upon us. We are filled with grace and truth. And I ask you right now in the name of Jesus, Lord God, to anoint the word of God. Not my word, but the word of God. And I ask, Lord God, that you would cause it to bring transformation, not only in the mind, but Lord, in the heart. Father God. And if we're clogged up, Lord God, we ask you to reveal who we need to forgive. In Jesus' name. I'm going to call the, uh, the, the team up, the healing team. What is the healing team all about? Well, the healing team, they, they have, come on up. The, if they receive a word of knowledge, that is an invitation for you to have faith that God is speaking to you so that you can receive. You say, well, what if, what if they don't, what if they don't call out what I have? Then you come up in faith knowing that God is good and his mercy endures forever. Thank you, Lord. Do we have any? I feel strongly, um, about the message of forgiveness. And the Holy Spirit wants to bring to our remembrance of anybody 
that we need to forgive. But um, if you're having difficulty with that, you know, get with someone that you can trust and, and uh, they'll stand with you. The other thing that really gets me with the uh, forgiveness is in that chapter of um, Matthew 18, where we'll be turned over to the tormentors if we don't forgive. And that's always been like, uh, I don't want to be with the tormentors. I don't want to be harassed. Uh, okay, enough on that. Uh, the jaw and also joints. Mine sort of went along with uh, what Loretta said. I think God wants to do a fresh anointing of, of popping some corks that are holding us back from, from a, a, a close oneness with him. Anybody with back pain? So let's all stand. Thank you, Lord. Man. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you and praise you for the word of the Lord. I pray that everything I said, Lord God, uh, from your word would take root anything that was just me, Father God. Lord, I don't want to offend anybody, but Lord God, I pray that your, your healing anointing and your healing power, Lord God, would draw no one can come unto Jesus unless the Father draw him. So I ask for your drawing power in Jesus' name. And I speak blessing over your people. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you and give you peace. Amen. God bless you.